what kind of cash flow was that rent with that uh that property that, generating that particular one that was three it was almost forty thousand a month wow wow and no debt jeez i need a deal like that roshana Hmm. And then I end up buying a liquor store that's inside. The, it's a liquor I own a liquor store inside. I end up buying that later. Nice. So I own a few small, you know, companies too. Liquor store, chicken franchise. A chicken franchise. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oglesby and Scott Show. Yeah. This podcast holds the belief that business and investing are team sports. We drop gems to help you turn your capital into generational legacy. We're sharing with you the best stories of successful African-American business owners and entrepreneurs. This episode is sponsored by Hood Estates. Hood Estates is offering a Hood Estates Elite Real Estate Investing Program, as well as a Hood Estates Trekking Program. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also find them on Instagram at Hood Estates. And now, here are your hosts, Miss Flipping in Heels, Rashana Scott, and Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby. This is the Oglesby and Scott Show. My name is Charles Oglesby with my co-host, Miss Rashana Scott of Flipping in Heels, celebrating her one-year mark with Infinity membership. So shout out to the ladies over at Infinity. Also, shout out to the Todd Capital Options community. I don't know if I mentioned this, but we reached 5,000 members recently. So it's just some really cool stuff going on in this pandemic. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of successful African-American business owners and investors so that people can hear the stories of successful examples because they do exist. We want people to learn that business and investing are the true keys to financial success and generational wealth. With us today, we have a special guest. Miss Shannon Steele, I saw her on somebody's page and they they said that she's the youngest hotel owner in the United States. And I looked at her page and I was like, wow, that's like super impressive because I don't think we've talked to anybody who has done it on that level. Um, so we definitely had to get her on. We definitely want to talk to her and just learn everything that she has to share with us. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so we like to start off all of our episodes by um, just asking our guests, tell us a little bit about yourself. What was life like growing up? And, you know, we'll definitely talk about um, your success and where you are now. But we like to kind of just dive into the backstory of what it all looked like before. Sure. So uh, I was born and raised in Detroit. I'm a proud Detroiter. Um, I went to Martin Luther King High School. My background was basketball. So I, I was a, a all-city, all-state, all-American basketball player in in, uh, in high school. And then I earned a scholarship to the University of Houston. Uh, I played there, um, obtained my degree in economics and business. Um, and then I decided I wanted to, uh, because of the economic courses, I decided that I wanted to build wealth and get into finance. So I came back home and I was a stock I um, was a stockbroker. I was 22 or 23. Um, I was the youngest stockbroker in the country at that time. And um, I did that for some time. And then um, I branched off into uh, commodities and doing some stuff over in Africa, where then I end up um, raising a hundred, uh, a lot of money for the Mozambican government to uh, do humanitarian projects and things like that. So 
Um, I've been involved in quite a few different things, private banking, finance, and the opportunity to uh, get into real estate happened in 2017, where I acquired my first uh, commercial property, um, a strip mall downtown Detroit. Um, And then I just start building my real estate portfolio from there. And I had the opportunity to uh, purchase the hotel in 2019. So that's how everything uh, happened. It wasn't something that I like thought about, you know, years ago, like, oh, I want to own a hotel one day. Um, The opportunity just came and I just capitalized on it. So can you talk to us about that first property, the commercial property? How did you put together that deal? Because I know this is probably when Detroit was in like a lot of like downtrodden days with Detroit. So what did that look like? Uh, it was a simple deal. Um, just like you buy any other property, uh, we just paid for it. Uh, it was already, you know, producing an income. It had several tenants already in there. So as you know, those type of deals are are easier to, uh, to do because everything is already rented out. It was an income producing property and we just did a, a simple acquisition. Um the buy-in, the buy-in on that was uh, 2.3, but it was worth three. Now that property is is going, going to be somewhere at around five million by next year because of the location it being, you know, downtown yeah. Detroit. Yeah, that's cool. As far yeah. as equity or the down payment, and also just the actual long-term financing, what did that look like? Um, on that particular deal, um, we pretty much did it on our own. Um, the hotel, the same, I didn't really have, that's what I'm working on now getting, you know, people that I could partner with to finance things so that I can increase my, my, um, buying power. So when you say we, you mean, I think you own, or you run a private equity fund, right? Or private equity firm? No. Um, but that's what I'm working on next is uh, starting my own private equity um, fund so that we can buy buy more property. So do you just pay for the property in cash? Is that what we're doing? Right. Wow. Where does the where does the, the cash come from? That's a lot of money. Most people are like, I don't got. Yeah, I earned it. What? <laughs> this is this is just so matter of fact. It's just like, bro, like I'm just shitting on M's and I put it into a property. Wow. It's, so, and, it's, it, and it doesn't always go that way because it's not always the best you know, way to, to buy a property. Sometimes you use the bank's money. Sometimes you, you do leverage buyouts. You know, it's different ways that you could that you could buy a property. So for somebody who's, you know, who's just getting into the game or, you know, need more creative ways to do stuff. I mean, you can, especially income producing property. Um, You can go to banks, you can go to private money lenders and get loans and do stuff. As long as the numbers make sense and there's enough equity in room, um, it's different ways that you can buy them. I mean, then you got, you know, you can always pay, buy stuff in cash too, if it makes sense to do so. It's just on the, on, on, the, on those particular deals, it was just, it was just more advantageous and easier to just do it that way. But I don't buy all my properties that way. It just depends. You know, it, it, each deal is different. Want more money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry, and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My seven-step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these seven steps, I've earned over $16,000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small. These proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com. Hi, how are you? I am Andre C. Hatchett, 15-year mobile notary pioneer and veteran. We have created the Notary Business School, which will show you how to start a successful, long-term, needed business as a mobile notary public. Well, with 15 years of experience and with different downturns in the economy, we have labeled this business as being recession-proof, meaning that you can run this business in any climate, 
any city, any state in America. On average, our students make between $60 and $250 per appointment, which usually takes under an hour. I'll say that again. On average, our students usually make between $60 and $250 per appointment as a mobile notary public. If you would like to enroll and save a few dollars, go to the website, millinotarypromo.com. That is millinotarypromo.com. Look forward to seeing you in class. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Yeah, and what made you um, buy a strip mall, you know, on your first your first real estate acquisition? What was it that um, that attracted you to that more so uh, versus just buying like, um, you know, a, just a straight like residential deal. Then, you know, what was what was that first interest into real estate? Um, well, I know that real estate is one of the, the pillars to building wealth and I want to be able to leave a legacy uh, for my family. So uh, that's why I got wanted to get into real estate. Um, but to me, I think it takes just as much energy to do a larger deal than a smaller deal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I just go for the bigger deals because it's just it's just worth my time. My time is valuable. And I don't just, you know, want to focus on small deals when I, I found out it takes the same amount of energy to do a big one. Yep. Right. That's that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to stop doing the small stuff. So how do you get to that point? Because it can be intimidating. You you look at these projects, they're so expensive. Maybe they don't have the cash sitting on the sideline. What do you recommend somebody to do who's looking to take that jump? Number one, never be intimidated of anything. Um, mm. Two, you you figure out, I mean, you look at the deal, you figure out how to do it. It's really, you got to bring in an investor, a partner, a fund, uh, whatever you need to do to figure out how to do it, just do that. I mean, I would have to like be looking at a deal to say, okay, we have to do this. But just, just in general, um, don't be intimidated of anything because th- the same strategies worked on, work on small deals, the work on the larger deals. It's just the numbers are different. But it really is the exact same formulas and stuff like that. It's just a bigger deal. <laughs> Todd, you know, that's why you're shaking your head. <laughs> you just can't, you can't be scared. You got to have the right mindset and the right mind frame that, hey, I can do anything if I put my mind to it. And, you know, you just go get the resources that you need to make it happen. So, Rashana, did you, I don't want to cut you off. Did you have a question? Because I was going to ask her. What what other deals was she doing following that in between then and the hotel? The so what hotel. was the next step for her? The next the next step? Yeah, what was the next project? Uh the next project, I bought a bunch of land. Um we got ninety-six acres in Michigan, and then I'm looking at uh, a couple hundred acres in it in Georgia that I want to develop and do um affordable income housing for, for people who um couldn't necessarily afford to have their own home. So I'm working on that now and I'm partnering with different uh, mortgage companies to make sure that everyone can get approved for mortgages and stuff like that. I'm working on that. Um, and I'm also looking to acquire another hotel and I'm also selling some equity in the uh, hotel that I have now, looking to sell about 20 to 30% mm. of the company um, with people who want to, you know, leave a legacy to their family or, you know, be part owner of the, ho- of, of the hotel. Nice. Um, and so Charles mentioned earlier and actually you mentioned also that even when you first getting started um, going back home from college and um, getting into private equity, you were the youngest stockbroker in the country at that time. Um, and then also now by you being a, um, a young hotel owner, how old are you? 36. You know <laughs> okay. I'm getting old. No, no, but it's, it's, it's great to see that... Um, 
you know, you 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 remind me of um, Aisha Selden. I don't know if you're familiar with her real estate investor out of um, Philly and where um, you got started young and you got started playing with the big dogs young as well. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, by you being the youngest person at that time in a world where most 22 and 23 year olds don't even understand what a stockbroker does, um, you know, I, it's definitely very admirable. And so I'm not surprised that now, you know, at 36, you are continuing to do great things. But like you said, bigger and better because you started out in an industry where um, you you probably if there were was any doubt or any fear, I'm sure you probably left it. You you learn to left it on leave it. You know, um, what am I trying to say? You learn to just deal with it. And, and mm-hmm. with the with the industry that you initially got in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always challenges and obstacles that I have to go through, you know, from in, in, well, in every in every in every area. Not, well, I want to say every area, but in every phase of my career, there was always mm-hmm. a lot of different challenges that I had to get over. Even becoming a stockbroker, you know, that itself was a bunch of challenges because I was so young and most of the larger firms, they don't want to hire anybody that young because they have to sponsor you. You got to go take your series seven and it's a risk. It's a financial risk for them. So mm-hmm. I went to like maybe 10 of the top firms and I tested, I tested the highest than they said anybody ever scored in their company uh, at Ameriprise, JP Morgan, Merrill Lynch. They always like, well, just go get a year of experience and come back and we'll bring you in. But how do you get a year of experience if nobody give you a chance? So what I had to right. go do was go work at Sprint for six months, save all of my checks and went back and said, I'll pay for my own books and my own classes and take the risk myself. And you reimburse me when I pass it. Wow. So I I, I, uh, I stayed home with my mom, um, cash my checks bought my books and studied 12 hours a day for seven months, passed the series seven, um, went back to the firm, they reimbursed me. And I was one of the top stockbrokers within the first three months of the company at Axie. Wow. That's crazy. So it's just all about how bad, this... how bad you want something. When I want something, I'm, I'm going to get it. It's only a matter of time. Right. So where did that come from? Where did, where did this this fire cut from? God. I like it. So what 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 lessons did you take from your career that has kind of uh, been able to have, have help you have success in entrepreneurship? Because it seems like a lot of the stuff that you're doing is pretty sophisticated and complex. Um, at least to me, it sounds like it. I think it's just stuff that people have been doing. You know, since before we was even here, people been buying real estate. People been st- the stock market has been here since forever. Um, I'm just tapping into those markets that a lot of people that don't look like us, you know, tapping into. And that's just I just like I just thrive on challenges, and uh, I like a good challenge, and I like to um, set a goal and, and work hard and reach the goal. That's something that makes me happy. So I don't really go for stuff that's easy. I like I actually enjoy doing stuff that's challenging and difficult. Mm, that's a bar too. That's just me. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by 24-7 Watches. Shop our limited edition luxury watches at 247watches.com. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches.com. Use code Todd Capital at checkout for a special discount. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 247watches. That's at T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches. Hey ladies, this is Rashana Scott. And are you looking for a community of women real estate investors? 
If so, I want to take a quick second to share with you Infinity Membership. Sorry, fellas, but Infinity Membership is a women's only online community for newbie and experienced investors. Come let your hair down and join a non-judgment zone sisterhood where all of your questions about investing in real estate get answered. This is also an opportunity to learn from the best of the best. Other seasoned and successful women in the industry share their success tips often. Our live group sessions are twice a month and we support each other daily within our private Facebook group. Our sessions range from driving for dollars to working with contractors to out-of-state investing, raising private capital, marketing your deals, and so much more. Does this sound like something that you've been looking for? Well, we would love to have you. For more information, visit us at bit.ly forward slash infinity membership. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash infinity membership. I like it because so many people, they're, they're going for what they know they can get. They're like, oh, well, I know I can get, because I mean, you're in Detroit. You can go down the street and you can buy an inexpensive home. You can buy a bunch of inexpensive homes. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing that, you're like, nah, I'm going to go get the big stuff. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a it's more risk. And a lot of people just don't have that. Um, that it's, it's you got to have kind of ice in your veins because <laughs> a lot of people are afraid. I just don't have I just don't have any fear. And that just comes from from me um, believing in God and, and God kind of instilled you know, a lot of confidence in me. And I'm just not afraid. To, I'm not afraid to fail. Mm. So that's that's kind of the difference. Yeah, I could have went and bought. I don't even know how many houses and it'd been less risk, but that's just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to buy a hotel. And so I want to talk about, um, so you were a side worker and you talked about, you know, some of the challenges that you had at that level in your career. And then the next level of your career after that was um, in PE. Right. I did, okay. I did, I did some investment banking on Wall Street with the, with the firm. Okay. And, then, um, and then I started going to Africa and trading commodities. And there was a lot of challenges with that. I actually lost a lot of money. It took me about yeah. four or five years to do one, to do one successful commodities deal because it was just so much fraud and stuff I had to go through. Um, I went through dealing with crooks, people stealing money from me, um, being caught up with the wrong people because I was I was smart, but I still was young and didn't have a lot of experience. So I did stuff um, with some of the wrong people, trusted the wrong people and had to go and had to go and overcome those obstacles and those challenges. Mm, it, it wasn't yeah. easy, but you just got to you got to just keep you got to just keep going no matter what. Just don't ever quit. And that's really the yeah, only that- reason I'm here. It's just because I never quit. I never gave up. Mm. Stuff got real difficult or when stuff didn't look good or it looked like it wasn't going to happen. I just kept going. I just figured as long as I got breath in my body, just keep pushing and you never know what could happen at the at the final second. And a lot of stuff did happen at the final second. When you, <laughs> it was like 10 seconds left and it was over and it was one second left and something miraculous happened. And mm. stuff changed, but that's why you that's why you keep playing the game and don't quit because anything can happen. So you mentioned that you earned the money to put into that first property. What kind of things are you you doing that allowed you to get to that level of, I think, wealth? Especially um, at, a, at a young age. Yeah, I was doing a lot of insurance. Um, I had GM accounts, uh, rolling over 401ks. Uh, like I said, trading commodities internationally, stuff like that. Okay, cool. So the land, we, we talked about the land. Is there any other thing before we get to the hotel? Let me think. And Not also... So while you were doing all this, how were you making money? Were you making money off of the commercial property or you just had uh, money yeah, saved com- up? Yeah, the commercial property, all that stuff is just residual income. So it comes in of, every month. What kind of cash flow was that rent was that uh that property that, generating? That particular one that was three, it was almost forty thousand a month. Wow. Wow. 
and no debt. Mm-mm. Jeez, I need a deal like that, Roshana. Hmm. And then I end up buying a liquor store that's inside. The, it's a li- I own a liquor store inside. I end up buying that later. Nice. So I own a few small, you know, companies too. Liquor store, chicken franchise. A chicken franchise, like mm-hmm. what? Uh, Crispy, no, <laughs> it's called Crispy Crunchy. It's like a, it's a local. Uh, well, you've been to Detroit. You probably saw the Crispy Crunchy I probably franchises. Yeah, I probably yeah. Have. yeah. It's good. Do you, Do you know um Gabby or Fat No Fabby? Invest with Fab. Fabby, no. Nope. She's doing a really big deal. She's on our show. She's doing a really big commercial deal in Detroit right now. Like crazy stuff. Yeah, I was going to say that she's doing like a 300 unit um, assisted living facility. So when you said that you were doing um, the plan is to do the development um, and build the assisted living facilities, I definitely thought about um, making sure to connect you to it after the show. Sure. I love that. Shout out to all of us, man. There's so many people doing dope stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you buying houses? Thank God for social. Thank God for social media. I know, right? I'm glad that you guys reached out to me. Yeah, um, so we own we own some it. homes in Detroit. Okay, good, good. Yeah, single family homes, some multifamilies, but looking to yeah. looking to get into commercial. I've been looking at some stuff downtown, trying to make it make sense. Is mm-hmm. the market has definitely changed for for the better? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, everything is high downtown right now. Right. Yeah. So that brings us to the hotel question. Uh, you said that it kind of fell in your lap. What did you mean by that? I said it fell in my lap. You said that the <laughs> opportunity kind of came to you. You didn't have to go look for it. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of stuff come to me, but I ain't, ain't fall in my lap. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I had to work for that thing. Yeah, I had to work my butt off for it. Me and me, me and my partner. I got one one other uh business partner that we own it together. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I mean he actually, you know, he actually is the one who who started negotiating the deal. I mean, we negotiated the deal for probably six months before we even came to an agreement. So it was a lot so, of back and forth, back and forth, a lot of work. So you see the hotel listing, they say, Hey, we want whatever for it, then you what put in an offer and they, you guys start kind of negotiating back and forth on the price or the terms. Right. Yeah. We start negotiating the terms. You come into agreement and you do the, you know, close it. Was this another cash deal for you? Yep. Jeez. And then you got it. Then, <laughs> then it was, then I just stepped out on faith. Um, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get a flag because everybody was like, oh, you ain't going to be able to get a flag. This, I was like, well, if I can get a flag, I'm going to go independent and start mm. my own flag or just go independent. Right. And so I didn't care. And then one day um, my partner and I was walking out of the hotel. We had just, you know, acquired it. The power wasn't even on yet. And we was walking out the hotel when somebody from Wyndham just walked up. See, he drove from Indiana. He heard about people. And he interested in, in, in working with us. Wow. And we ended up doing wow. a 15 year deal with Wyndham. Yeah, it, I didn't know who this guy was. Like, I'm like yeah, it's just it's, that's what I'm saying. You got to have faith and not listen to, to everybody and do what you feel in your heart. So how does that work? Do they operate the hotel? They brand no, the hotel? A, I, have, I have a management company. All they do is you, you they do all your marketing. Um, they bring business in. It's, it's a partnership. Right. It's right, almost right. like how you franchise a, a McDonald's or something. But the terms, you know, will obviously be different. But it's just like it's just a franchise. So you own the real estate. I own the real they estate. They bring the branding. They bring the branding. Yep. And you and it's a partnership. And then you hire a, a management company. Right. Because I'm not a I'm not a hotelier. Uh, I'm just a serial entrepreneur. So I don't want to make the mistake of trying to think that I can run a hotel because that's not what I do. So I want to hire right. one of the top management companies and and they're uh, actually running the hotel. So the so the hotel is going to be a a, a Wyndham or like a boutique hotel that they just kind of sponsored. No, it's a Wyndham property. 
Oh, it is gonna. Oh, it is a one. Okay, nice. Yep. When you when you bought the property, was it already in good condition, or did you have to do some rehab? And what did that look like? No, we had to do some, a lot of rehab. We rehab for probably about nine, almost nine months. So, you what do the numbers look like on this? The purchase price, the rehab, and the value, and then also the cash flow per month. Uh, I don't want to get into all of that publicly. All right, that's cool. Don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah, but it was, a, but you know, public, it, it was a $3 million re- renovation. That's Jeez. in one of the news articles. Jeez. I, I just, I'm not, not, I don't know why I just, I don't have the ability to jump out there and do something at that level, Rashana. Come hang, come to Detroit and come hang out with me next week. Right, right. I'll give you some yeah. of my energy. You're going to be like, oh, I'm about to go buy the Taj Mahal. I'm about to go, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go buy a casino in Vegas. Right. Like That's what I really want, a casino. A casino in Detroit. Yeah. Wherever, I don't care where it's at. Right. Wherever the opportunity is available. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Hey everybody, it's your girl Erica Williams from the Classy Climb blog. I'm a six-figure YouTube earner and the author of the book Smartphone Millionaire, how to lend to people real estate and businesses from the palm of your hand and if you're interested in the three things that changed my life over the past four years to become a six-figure youtube earner and investor in multiple properties in multiple states i would love for you to join me over at the classy climb youtube channel Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Todd Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Um, how did you know that this deal was a good investment? Um, you look at the other hotels in the area. Uh, you look at the location. You look at the historical da- uh, data. Um, you look at stuff like that. The, the the leading indicators of if something is a good deal or not. Just like if it was a single family house, if it was a thirty thousand dollar house and the ARV was a hundred, it was a hundred grand. You say, oh, okay, I got to put twenty thousand into it. I'm gonna make at least. It's the same exact thing. It's just the numbers are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so what type of hotel? What was it before? The Embassy Suites by Hilton. Okay. And was it something, was it like a foreclosure? Or it, uh, they just shut down? Yeah, the guy, he owned like, a, I think, 60 hotels. And he just wasn't managing it and just wanted to work a deal and just get out of it. He wasn't properly mm. managing it. Yeah, he owned a bunch oh. of properties. Older guy, but, you know, looking to retire, just wanting to sell some of his assets. Whenever I see like a hotel coming up for sale, my thought process is like, this must be a bad investment. Otherwise, why would they sell it? No, people sell stuff all the time. Yeah. 
No, I mean, it's a bad investment. People just want to sell their stuff. They retire. It's different reasons. You got to figure out. You got to look at it and see if it's a bad. Inv- yeah, you got to see why, why is this for sale. Because some people are in the business of just, you know, buying stuff, fixing it up, holding it for two years and selling it. Like a lot of the funds right. and stuff. So you got to look at yeah, the motive of, of what the person was when they acquired it and why they selling it. That could be their business model that they host properties for two to five years and sell them and make a certain return. You know, it don't mean that it's a bad. You just got to look into it. That's all. Just do your due diligence. So you, you mentioned that you have somebody that runs the hotel for you and mm-hmm. you also own your other assets. So on a day to day, what is what is life like? What is what does your day to day look like for you? Are you looking at deals? Do you um, just go take vacations when you can, when COVID is open? What does that look like? I wish I could go on, va- on vacation. I've been just social distancing lately and just then I was kind of just taking a break. I was I was pretty tired and burnt out because I had been going so hard over the last few years. Um, so I just been taking a break. But like what I do have is like an acquisitions team and they go out and look at certain deals and, and, and vet them for me before they even get to me. So that's been helpful with taking a lot of pressure um, off of me. So today, my day to day right now is just every day is different. Some days I might sleep in and just rest. Um, some days I, I read. Um, some days I study the forex market. Every day right now is different until stuff is like back to normal and I'm just rested. I'm kind of just just cruising throughout the rest of the year, getting healthy, getting rested, and just kind of reading and stuff like that to work on my next on my next moves. So your acquisition team, they're out um, in the field and sending you deals basically for you to analyze from home and then you just say yeah your name on it right and then what is that um what what type of criteria like do you have them looking at or looking for um it depends like if it's an apartment bill we look at stuff we try to i, I like de- dealing with stuff that's off the market mm-hmm. um so most of my stuff is you know off the market private private deals um so the criteria depends on like what what type of asset it is if it's an apartment bill if it's a hotel um if it's land if it's a development deal it, it just it just all depends on the area um the arvs the comps stuff like that so each each deal is literally different yeah, but i try to find sense. stuff that's you know just below the market value i'm always just looking for a good deal you know nice good 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 and so um what's next we talked about the development you know the affordable housing well, what are you going to do first? Are you going to first focus on um, Detroit, the the land you own in Detroit first or out of state? Uh, I'm doing them both simultaneously. Okay. And then you have um, multiple partners in that deal or how do you plan on like structuring it? Because I remember when we had um, Fabiola on, she was saying that she partnered with a company who basically already has the affordable housing model already done and already in place. So is yours kind of somewhat like that? Um, no, that's that's a good idea, though. but no. <laughs> okay, nice. That's a good way to do it, to just partner, like a strategic partner. Yep. So the private equity firm, what does that look like? And what are the goals with that with that venture? Um, I would like to raise about a hundred million dollars. That's that's really the goal, at least a hundred million. Um that that probably will, that probably will take place in the next maybe six months. And is this going to be like real estate oriented? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be mainly um 70, 60 percent of the fund will be backed by real estate. Do you only invest in Detroit or do you invest like outside outside of the land, of course? Like, are you only looking to invest in Detroit? No, I'm looking anywhere that's a good deal. Anywhere that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. you've had success in Detroit and I like that you stay in Detroit. I think that's like super cool. 
Because mm-hmm. I've always thought that there's opportunity in Detroit. Yeah, I think Detroit, you know, is so much opportunity here. Yeah. And it's a strong it's city. Yeah, especially in a single family home um, market. It's it's a lot. It's I mean, it's so much opportunity. It's just wide open. It's crazy. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like people, they kind of sleep on it. And so they saw like the foreclosure or they saw the bankruptcy and they just wrote off the whole city. They're like, ah, it's never coming back. Nothing mm-hmm. to see there. But like now that you see years later, there's um, like what I think VC funds out there. There's people who are actually like doing startups and um, the downtown area is booming. All these new hotels, they're building new apartments out there. So you, it'll be a point where you forgot it would even used to look like that. Yeah. I mean, downtown Detroit is beautiful now. Yeah, it, Everything has been Dan Gilbert and some other investors. They came and really t- turned it around. The Pistons are downtown. Um, the Lions are downtown. I mean, it's just totally different than uh, what it was when I was growing up. And I'm, I'm happy that it's like that now, too. I'm proud of it. So what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to do big deals? Um, advice that I would give somebody who's looking to do big deals. Just go for it. Just do it. Like Nike said, just do it. (laughs) No more small deals, Rashonda. Don't let me do no more, no small deals anymore. No, I mean, the small Um, deals are good. I do small deals too. The small deals are good. I'm just saying it takes the same amount of energy. What kind of small deals? I do single family stuff too. I got rental property, single family homes. I fix and flip. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like exclusively one way. See, my thing is, no, no you I'm, gotta do, you gotta, you gotta be diverse because it's stuff that come with the, with the, with the larger deals that may take longer to close. Right. You know, when you can close two or three small deals. Mm. So I'm not saying don't do small deals. All I was saying is that, you know, I want people to be able to know that they don't have to just do small deals. You can do big deals too and use the same formulas and strategies. Yeah. You know, but um, it's nothing wrong with, with the smaller deals either. Or if you're trying to get started, getting your feet wet, doing a small deal, getting used to it. But I just want people, I just want people to look at my my story and just be inspired and just know that it's possible yeah. to do to do bigger deals. You know, you don't have yep. to just do small deals. But I think it's good to kind of have to be diverse and and kind of try to do it all. If you can do some smaller deals, do some medium sized deals, have a a few large deals going. And then, you know, if something happens to one of your large deals, well, at least you still have the other deals going, you know? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like it a lot. Cool. So we're going to wrap it up. I think Rashana had to. Oh, here she is. She's back. Okay. (laughs) We're going to wrap it up. Rashana said that she has some new wrap up questions. I don't know. Do you have some new questions you want to end with? Roshana? Uh, no. Are we still drafting? Mm-hmm. We're still drafting those? <laughs> yeah, we can uh, use the regular rap question. <laughs> All okay. right, cool. So the first one is, who is somebody that you look up to and why? Uh, I look up to, it's a lady here named Suzanne Shake. Uh, she's right here in Detroit. She owns an investment bank. And that's something that I always wanted to do. And that's something that I'm going to do uh, is open up my own bank. And she's somebody that I look up to uh, in a business standpoint. Uh, in my personal life, I look up to my mother. Nice. Oh. Um, what is What's your, your favorite business? Thing? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I can hear you. Uh, I could, I oh, could. that must was, be a delay. I cutting you off. I know. <laughs> Good. Thank God we had a podcast editor. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite um, personal development business or real estate book? Book? Yes. Um, I never read a real estate book. Or personal development book or business book? Um... 
This is a book I'm reading right now. I never read a personal development book. Everything I do has been by experience. Um, right now, I'm reading a book by one of my friends. It's called Staying Happy and Confident When the World is Falling Apart. And it kind of teaches you how to stay calm, like when you're in some facing like pandemics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm only on chapter three. I just started reading it yesterday. But most of the books that I typically read are like finance books and stuff like that. I have I, I don't think I ever read a self development. What's your favorite oh, business yeah. movie? Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness. I like that movie too. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. You seem like you're just like super finance. That's just where you stay. Nothing that's not finance. Um, I think that I mean it's finance is it's important. Right. I mean you kind of you kind of can't get away from it because it's really in everything that you do. Finance gonna have to be involved in it. So yeah, it's kind of like the, the staple. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So before we're trying to ask you what wealth means to you, I'm gonna ask you. What sets apart successful big time investors, not small time, from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Okay, ask me one more time. So what what sets apart successful hotel owners from those who give up, fail, or never get started? What sets apart successful other other hotel owners? Right. Or just large scale commercial real estate uh, investors. Um, yeah, I think it's a lot of different stuff that can separate them. Maybe, I think experience. I think it's your experience and like who's on your team. Because mm. like you can make a lot of mistakes when you're doing the big deals, like especially if you're doing like renovations and stuff like that. Uh, if you don't have the right, co- the right contractors and just know the right stuff to do at the beginning, you can kind of you can kind of make a lot of mistakes because you have to redo the same thing over and over again or hire somebody else and spend twat and spend double the money you know so if you have someone who ha- who's had the same contractors and they have experience with them for five or two years then it's more likely that maybe they'll be more successful so I think at that level um it's who's on your team and your experience level so if you okay. if this is your first big deal and you're going against the person who's did 30 big deals then the chances are they're more experienced than you and it's more likely that they'll be more more experience. So what you should do if it's your if it's if you're going into your first deal, I would go get the most experienced people and put them on your team so that you can avoid making rookie mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great advice. Joke. Um so what does success mean to you? Um success to me is being happy. Um, my family being happy, my family not needing anything, um, and me being able to just in- inspire people. That's mm-hmm. that's what success is to me. Nice. Well, I'm definitely inspired. Um, <laughs> Thank right. you. I'm like, yeah, Charles, no more Charles, is like Charles is just like starstruck. <laughs> He's been like that the entire interview. <laughs> no, I want people to be able to look at me and know that God exists and, and just and just use my testimony as motivation to know that they and know that they can do it. That that's really you know what what gets me going and, and moves me every day. Amen. What what position did you play in basketball? Uh, I played the point guard and shooting guard. Okay. I was and like also, a combo guard. Okay. Do you feel like sports has kind of played a role in your mentality? Because a lot of times when you talk to athletes, they see wor- they see the world differently than people who didn't play sports. Yeah, I think it, it, it helped me. Yeah, I think yeah, so too. Me. Yeah, you learn about teamwork. Um, not making excuses. <laughs> not making excuses. You learn about doing, doing it. Yeah, doing because it when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah, because being a student athlete, it takes a lot of discipline. And I took mm-hmm. it. I took basketball serious from the time I was in elementary school all the way through college. I mean, you got to make sure your grades is right. You got to work out. And I used to train hard. I didn't really, I didn't take any um, I didn't have off seasons. I used to train all year round. Wow. So it teaches you to be, it teaches you to be disciplined. And yeah. also, how did you meet Antonio Gates? I'm a Charger fan. I live in California. So 
Okay, so my business partner, that's his cousin. Oh. So my business partner, I was his stockbroker like a long time ago. Oh, wow. And yeah, so we all, we all like family. That's cool. Yeah. Shout out to him, man. Shout out to Antonio Gates. Yeah, I know he's, he's not going to, maybe he'll listen to this and cheer on it, but yeah, he's like the goat tight end. Rashana, take us out, man. So thank you so much for where you from you when you coming to Detroit. Uh, I might pull up next week. When you coming to Detroit, <laughs> Rashad? I'm in Chicago. Oh, you next door? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Born and raised, Southside. It's, it's a lot. I want to get. That's where I want to go next. It's a everybody's, lot. Everybody's everybody's coming here. I got a. Need- I got a big client coming in town next week. Going out. You need here. a realtor. Exactly get what you're looking for. Rashana finds those off-market deals too. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, um, but yeah, so thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure any and everyone who listened to this is definitely um, inspired. Um, I think, you know, a few things that stood out to me is definitely being resilient, being a go-getter, being fearless, not giving up. Um, And it's just so refreshing to not only see someone who has had success, but but see someone who is very um, committed to those principles and also being a woman of faith and knowing that, you know, without God, none of it would have been possible, but also faith without works is dead. So it's such a refreshing feeling to, you know, just have you on the podcast and interview you and um, have this conversation with you. So thanks so much for being here and taking the time. No, anytime. Like I said, I appreciate the opportunity and I hope that um, somebody was inspired tonight. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's my pleasure to be here and you guys need me to come back on. I'm, um, you know, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. So pe- where can people um, find you, follow you, connect with you, um, support what you have going on? Um, definitely when you launch your PE fund or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, we want to mm-hmm. be able to to share. Yeah, so my website is I am Shannon Steele. Um, that's I am my first name Shannon, last name S T E E L dot com. Um, that kind of you know I'll send out updates and stuff like that. And then my Instagram is uh, what is my Instagram? Shannon underscore Steele one. Nice. It's my Instagram. Got it. All right. You got anything else to say, Charles? No. Um, shout out to the sponsors and also to anybody listening. Make sure you leave us a rating review, preferably a five star review. We like those. We'll have all the information, um, including her website and her Instagram in the show notes, as well as information from our dope sponsors. Uh, this is Charles Oglesby with Rashana Scott and Shannon Steele with the Oglesby and Scott show signing off. Thank you. Ooh. What's going on, podcast listeners? This is your man, Donald The Voice, the official editor and podcast producer of The Oglesby and Scott Show. And listen, I just had to come in and tell you that we appreciate your listenership. And I want to give you a special offer for listening to this podcast. If you have voiceover, podcast, or video editing needs, let's talk. You can go over to DonaldTheVoice.com forward slash contact, and I'll be happy to talk with you about what you need and how I can serve you. You want to sound good and look good so that people can feel good and do good as a result of listening or watching your content. And I'm here to help you make that happen. So let's talk. Go over to DonaldTheVoice.com forward slash contact, and we'll talk. Have a good rest of the day evening, morning, whatever time it is, and I'll talk to you soon.